You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're looking at Psalm chapter 107, Psalm 107, and I just want to say thank you to the church family for all that you do for my wife and I, and uh, we are a blessed people, amen, and uh, undeserving, but still blessed, and uh, thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach uh, tonight, Psalm chapter 107, and uh, we'll study here. There's a few things that have come out uh, to me as I've been studying through the book of Psalms, as I've been studying this specific psalm, and I hope that uh, something during the message would have an impact on our lives that we can apply uh, to our lives on a daily basis. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you're able, if you could please stand and honor the reading of the Word of God. We're looking at Psalm 107, and I'd like to give you the title of the message, and then we'll kind of interwave, uh, interwoven, or whatever the proper English is there, uh, this title throughout the, the, throughout the message tonight, but the title is, He Hears Our Cry. Amen. He Hears Our Cry. Our cry. Psalm 107 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they, what's the next word? Cried. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And I like this part, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Amen. We will skip down to verse number 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they, what's the next word? Cried. Cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Hey, I like this part. And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse number 17, fools because of their transgression. And because of their iniquities are afflicted, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they, what's the next word? Cry, Cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Verse 21, O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 26, they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths, their soul is mounted or melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they, what's the next word? They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad. Because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He hears 
our cry. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and preach the precious Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be emptied of self. Help me to be filled with your Spirit. Help me to have wisdom as I preach. May we be able to gain insight from your Word that we can apply to our lives. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. For I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. There's a few things that I see here in Psalm 107 that I'd like to draw your attention to with this title, He Hears Our Cry. First of all, I see the dilemma. In verse number 5, the Bible says, Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted at them. Verse number 11, Because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore He brought their, uh, down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Verse number 17, it says, Because of their transgression, because of their iniquities, they are afflicted. Verse 26, their soul is melted because of trouble. Verse 27, and are at their wit's end. You know what to say, first of all, I see the dilemma. Yeah. Hey, there's a problem that's taking place in these verses. And the problem is, is they had problems. Amen? And the Bible describes some of those dilemmas that they were facing. And let me just say, throughout this text, we're either in one of these stages that I'm going to talk about tonight. Some of us are in the dilemma stage here tonight. You say, well, what does that mean? We're facing a dilemma. We're facing a problem. We're facing a distress that we can't get through on our own. And we need God's help to get through it. Hey, if we're raising children, hey, if we're raising grandchildren, we've got a dilemma. Hey, if we're married tonight, we've got a dilemma. We've got a problem. And what is that problem? Trying to make things work on a daily basis, amen? And you say, well, that's not how I view my marriage. Well, that's not how I view mine either, amen? But sometimes you have discussions in marriage. Sometimes you have discussions with your children. Sometimes you have discussions with your grandchildren. Sometimes you have discussions with family. But let me just say, hey, there's a dilemma that I see in these verses of Scripture. You know what? God sees the dilemmas that we're facing. Sometimes we wonder, God, why are we facing these problems? Why are we facing these dilemmas? And we question God and ask, God, why? And sometimes heaven is silent. We don't know the answer to that question, but let me just say that God sees the dilemma that we face. It's not enough just to see we are facing a hard time. We need to do something about it. There's a story that says a young boy was playing in the sandbox in his backyard when he stumbled upon a very large rock. Not wanting the rock in his sandbox, he decided to remove it from his domain. At first, he tried lifting it, but the rock proved too heavy for him. Next, he tried rolling it to the edge of the sandbox, and with quite a bit of effort, he was able to do that. But when he came to lifting the rock over the edge of the sandbox, he just couldn't do it. No matter how hard he tried, eventually he gave up and he began to cry as he came to grips with his inability to accomplish his goal. Throughout his son's ordeal, the boy's father watched him from the kitchen window. After his son started crying, the father stepped outside, approached his son and asked him a question. Son, why didn't you use all the strength to get that rock out of the sandbox? Between the whimpers, the boy answered, I did, Dad, 
I did. I just couldn't do it. With a grin on his face, the father said softly, No, you didn't, son, because you didn't ask me for help. After looking in his son's eyes for a moment, the father bent over, picked up the rock, and tossed it out of the sandbox. The dilemmas that we face in life, sometimes we can't get through them with our own strength. You know, we need God's help. And God wants us to ask Him for help. You know what? Nothing in this life is a surprise to God. I see the dilemma. Secondly, I see the distress. You say, well, what are you talking about distress? Look at verse number 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. Verse number 13, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Verse number 19, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Verse 28, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. You know, I see a distress. You say, what do you mean by that word distress? Extreme anxiety, sorrow, pain. But you know what? There's a precursor to this distress. And that's they cried out to God. Wonderful things in the Bible I see, but this is the dearest that Jesus loves me. And by the way, He loves you and He listens to you as well. He hears our cry. Hey, He sees our dilemmas. He sees our distresses. There was an elderly gentleman who had serious hearing problems for a number of years. He went to the doctor and the doctor was able to have him fitted for a set of hearing aids that allowed the gentleman to hear 100%. A month later, the elderly gentleman returned for a checkup and the doctor said, Sir, your hearing is perfect. Your family must be really pleased that you can hear again. The gentleman replied, Oh, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to the conversations. I've changed my will three times. Let me just say that God doesn't need a hearing aid to hear our cries. Hey, He hears our cry. He sees the dilemmas, and maybe we're in the dilemma stage here tonight. Maybe we're in a distress stage here tonight. But you know what I find in the stage of distress, the stage of a dilemma? The children of Israel did something that, uh, you know, you, you may think, how do I get out of this problem? How do I get out of this stress? I've got to come up with some mathematical solution. I've got to come up with uh, some formula in order to get out. I've got to research it on Google and find out exactly what I need to do to get out of this distress. No, it was nothing profound necessarily. The Bible says they cried out to God. And you know what? God heard their cry. If you will, look at Psalm chapter 106 and verse number 43. The Bible says many times did He deliver them, but they provoked Him with their counsel and were brought low with their iniquity. Nevertheless, hey, I like that word right there. Hey, no matter they messed up along the way. Hey, they made a mess of their lives. They provoked him to anger. But you know what the Bible says? Hey, nevertheless, amen, regardless of us, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. If you will, look at Psalm 115 and verse number 1. Psalm 115 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake, 
Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Now watch this. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. But you know what? I'm so glad that my God has ears that he can hear. Hey, he has eyes that he can see, and he sees our dilemma. Hey, he hears our cry. Psalm 116 and verse number 1, the Bible says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Verse 2, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Psalm 120 and verse number 1, in my distress I cried unto the Lord, now watch this, and he heard me. I'm so glad that he hears us. And by the way, in order for God to hear you, you have to cry out unto him. In order for God to hear our cries, we have to cry out. I know that's profound theology. It's not. We just have to cry out, amen? But you know what? We have to get to that point where we cry out. When is the last time that you cried out to God for something that you needed? Oh, I'm not just talking about, Lord, bless this food. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not just talking about, hey, God, bless my marriage. I pray that you'd help my wife to get these things figured out and uh, understanding, you know, help these kids to understand who they've got for a dad, amen. And uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about crying out to God. I'm talking about these people were in a place where they had no other uh, place to turn. They had no other help. They didn't know what they were going to do. And the Bible says that they cried out to God. What does that mean? What does that word crying mean? Hey, it means to shed tears. Typically as an expression of distress, pain or, or sorrow, to shout or scream. When was the last time when we shouted out to God? Because we couldn't figure this life out. Because we've got some news, we're facing some dilemma, we're facing some distress, that hey, we don't know what else to do but to cry out to God. To shout out and to scream, to cry, to have tears in our eyes, typically to express fear or pain or grief. The physical act of shedding tears as the result of sadness or joy or in recognition of sin. When was the last time we cried out and said, hey, God, I messed up again? A recognition of our sin. And just said, hey, God, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your direction. What does the Bible say about our cries? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I don't see there something that's casual. I don't see there's something that's there that's just a list that we check off and say, I prayed for my kids today. Hey, I prayed for my wife today. Hey, I prayed for my church. I prayed for my pastor today. You know what? When is the last time that we cried out to God? Why? Because he hears our cry. But you know what? There's some effectual. Hey, there's some ferventness there. Hey, there's some righteousness there. The Bible says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Maybe you've not been in a place where you've needed to cry out. 
Because here in this life, we are spoiled. In Roanoke Rapids, we're spoiled. Now, it's our uh, 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 typical, you know, logical thing is to look at others and say, well, I don't have what this person has, and they're spoiled, and, and I'm not as spoiled. You know, they're a, a 9 or a 10, and maybe I'm a 7. And so I need that new car, I need that new house, or I need that whatever's bigger, or what, whatever's better, or what, whatever's coming along. And you know what? We lose with that. We lose our crying. We lose our desire to say, hey, God, I can't make it on my own. I need your help. You see, I don't know of anyone here that had to cry out for food today. But you know what? That's when God steps in, when we cry out. Hey, when we have a dilemma that we can't get through by ourselves. Hey, when we have a distress that we realize that there's no other way out. And we fall on our knees and cry out to God and beg for His help. To shriek as in danger or anguish. Not just asking, not just talking, but crying. Yelling, screaming, calling for help. You know what? It would be a bad thing if you were walking by somewhere and somebody was yelling and screaming out for help and you just walked by and said, ah, oh, looks like they're having a hard time. I'm glad that's not me. But you know what? That's not God. You know what? God, he sees the dilemma. Hey, God, just as that father saw that boy struggling in that sandbox, and I wonder how many times that's been me in the sandbox of my life, trying to get through on my own, trying to do things in my own power, and failing miserably, and then wondering, why are all these things falling apart? And then just thinking in my mind, hey, all things work together for good. This is just the way it's supposed to be. But you know what? It's not the way that it's supposed to be. He wants us to cry out for help. He wants us to call unto Him. Because you know what? He hears our cry. Hey, He answers our cry. Hey, He delivers us from our cries. But you know what? There's a cry that has to ring out before that takes place. I see the dilemma. I see the distress. Next, I see the deliverance. Look again in verse number 7. If you've not noticed yet, these uh, four portions of Scripture, I see uh, the verse pre, uh, leading up to the cry. I see there's a dilemma that takes place. And then I see a cry that takes place. And the next thing I see logically or uh, in line here chronologically, I see the deliverance in verse 6. And he delivered them out of their distresses. Verse 13, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 19, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Verse 28, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. Hey, I'm just glad that God delivers us out of our distresses. Hey, when we have distresses. Hey, when we have fears. Hey, when we have things that we can't get through in life and we fall on our knees and call unto God. Hey, there's deliverance that takes place in our lives. You know what? He hears our cry. But when does the deliverance come? I think about a man named Jonah. In Jonah chapter 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. In verse number 10, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Hey, the, yeah, there's deliverance there, but what, 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 how did that deliverance come? We have Jonah who faced a dilemma, and he decided that instead of obeying God, he would go a different direction. And you know what? When we do that in our life, sometimes we bring that distress. Sometimes we bring that dilemma upon ourselves. But I'm so glad there's a nevertheless. Amen? That nevertheless, that when we do that, God still hears our cry. Hey, He still wants to deliver 
But what did it take for Jonah to have deliverance in his life? You know what? I would think that if it would have been me, and we have the luxury of looking through and knowing what happens in the end, amen, we have that luxury that Jonah didn't have. But Jonah didn't think that he was going to be delivered. Jonah was willing for his life to end rather than him obeying God. What did he say? The storm came in the boat. And once the storm came and the people started throwing the wares out, everything that they were there for their occupation, and Jonah's busy sleeping, and they're throwing the wares out, and they cast lots, and the lots fell upon Jonah. And then Jonah said, you know what, God, I messed up. Please deliver these people out of this storm. Is that what took place? What does he say? Hey, throw me overboard. He just wanted it all to be over. He said, hey, you know what? It's all over. It's going to be it. But you know what? It wasn't all over. All of a sudden, he gets swallowed by a whale. So first, there's a storm that he endures. Secondly, he's swallowed by a whale. Not only is he just swallowed by a whale, he's in the whale's belly. And at that point in time, he said, hey, God, I messed up. And he cried unto him out of his distress. That's not what happened right away. He was in the belly for three days and three nights first. And when he realized, this isn't something that I'm in control of. God has a plan for my life. At that point in time, he said, hey, there's no other way out. He cried unto God. But what happened? Nevertheless, God delivered him. Hey, nevertheless, God heard him out of the belly of the whale. And I think sometimes in our lives, we endure the storm. Sometimes in life, we say, hey, the storm's coming, but I think I've got it under control. Sometimes not only does the storm come and we get thrown overboard, but we get swallowed by a whale. And we say, hey, you know what? I, I think I still got it. I think, I think I can still make it through this. But then the third day, when, when, when we have no other repercussion, we have no other way out. And at that time, we finally decide, I'm going to cry out to God, but I'm glad there's a nevertheless. But you know what? How about we cry out to God when the storm comes. Hey, how about we cry out to God before the storm comes and says, God, I can't make it through this life without you. Because you know what? He hears our cry and he wants to deliver you. Cry out at the first sign of problems. Cry out at the first sign of distress, at the first sense of pain. Why? Because he hears our cry. He wants to deliver. He wants to save you. He wants to help you. I see a dilemma, I see the distress, I see the deliverance. Lastly, I see the desire for praise. I see the desire for praise. Say, so what are you talking about? Let's look. We see the dilemma that takes place four times here. We see they cry out in the deliverance, but watch after each of these four times in Psalm 107 and verse number eight. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men. Then next we go into another dilemma. We go into another distress. We go into another deliverance. And then verse number 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Then we go into another dilemma, another distress, another deliverance. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. We go into another dilemma, another distress, another deliverance, and then in verse number 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I see the desire 
for praise. He doesn't just want to hear your cry. He doesn't just want to see your dilemma. He doesn't just want to answer you in your distress and give you deliverance. He wants to hear your praise. I look at these scriptures as this praise as several fold. First of all, we're supposed to praise God for all these done. But I look at it also as an admonition and a warning. How did they fall into their distress, their dilemma? You know what? They forgot. They forgot about what God did in their lives. And they looked back and said, hey, you know what? It was better before when we had those cucumbers and the melons and we were being beat and we had to get our own straw to build brick. Well, they didn't remember the bad times. They just remembered the good times. But you know what? When we forget to praise God, when we forget to thank God for all he's done, you know what? There's going to come a dilemma. There's going to come a distress. And why is that? To get us to stop looking at our lives and to get us to focus back on him. Because this life is not about me. This life is not about you. This life is to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. This life is all about magnifying his name and glorifying his name because one day we're going to stand before God Almighty and we're going to give an account for our lives. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of regrets. But you know what can help out with those regrets? To give praise to God's name. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Is God getting the glory in your life? Is God getting your praise? Are you giving Him the praise that He deserves? Praise is an express warm approval or admiration of it, express of one's respect and gratitude toward, especially in song. Say, well, I just don't have a good voice. Well, you know what? Join the club, amen? And my name is right at the top there and whatever else. But God wants you to give praise to him, especially in song. You know what the Bible says? Make a joyful, what's the next word? Noise. How does he describe our voice? You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm such a good singer, and we get up and, you know, belt it out or whatever, and like, oh, I'm such a good singer or whatever else. Well, how does God, it's the noise, amen? And uh, that gives me hope in my life. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's what, that's what my song is about. But you know what? God wants your, your song. Hey, he wants you to sing out to him because what is that song? Hey, it's an expression of gratitude. Hey, it's an expression to say, hey, God, thank you for all that you've done for me. You know what? Why praise? Because we remember where he brought us from. Hey, it helps keeps us out of trouble. It helps keeps us out of the dilemmas when we bring praise and bring thankfulness and bring glory and honor to God because then we're looking at him and we're not looking at this life and it gets us out of a lot of trouble is my belief there. Where are you at tonight? Are you facing a dilemma? Maybe we've faced a dilemma recently, a distress. Hey, maybe we're in distress. What does the Bible say? Hey, he hears our cry. But you know what? There's a crying. It's not just a routine. It's not casual. It's not just, well, ask and you shall receive. And so, hey, God, I'd really like a Bugatti right about now. And uh, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not what the verse is saying. But you know what? When we cry out to God, when is the last time that we cried out to God? Maybe we're facing a dilemma. Maybe we're facing a distress. Hey, here's, here's our cry. But in order for him to hear our cry, you know what? We have to cry out to him. I see deliverance in this portion of Scripture. I like that word, nevertheless. Hey, nevertheless, regardless if we mess up over and 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 over a few more times, you know what? God still delivers. 
But you know what? We have to cry out. And then I see a desire for praise. Are we giving God praise in our life? We're either facing a storm, getting out of a storm, or about to go back into one. But you know what? We should give God glory and honor. should give Him praise. We should thank Him for all He's done because we're unworthy. We're undeserving. And if that's how we look at our lives, then everything else is just bonus. Everything else is just a benefit. And I can't say, it's not fair. Because you know what is fair? That we all die and go to hell one day. And if we really believe that, if we really live that, then you know, will live to glorify and honor and magnify his name. There's a dilemma. Hey, there was a distress. There's deliverance and a desire for praise. There's a song that says, for all he's done, talking about praise. Every morning when I wake to see the sun, I can't help but think about the Lord and all the things he's done. He meets my every need. You know he's been so good to me. And I can't help but praise the Lord for all he's done. There are many things that I could praise God for. And if I started now, until I die, there'd still be many more. If I could mention only one, I'd have to thank him for his son. Now that's enough to praise the Lord for all he's done. For all he's done, I'm going to lift my hands and praise him. For all he's done, I'll try to live my life to please him. Even though I don't deserve to live, my life has just begun. And I can't help but praise the Lord for all he's done. There's one other verse I'd like to read in conclusion. Look at Psalm chapter 107. Again, we see four different times. There's a dilemma, there's a distress, there's deliverance, and there's a desire for praise. And then lastly, if you will, look at verse number 43 at the end of the chapter. Psalm 107 and verse 43. The Bible says, Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. If we can understand what has taken place in this chapter in Psalm 107, filled with great information, filled with great uh, 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 practical things that we can use in our life, we can understand that, you know, we'll understand His loving kindness, that God loves you no matter what. Hey, that God sees you in whatever situation you're in. You say, well, why is He not helping me? I'm in my sandbox. I'm trying to roll this stone out. Why is He not helping me? And again, that's using a, an illustration, but us just trying to make it on our own. Because you know what? He wants to hear your cry. And not just calling out, but a cry. Weeping. When is the last time we wept before God over a distress? Over something we wanted God to do with our families. You know what? I want God's protection. I want God's provision. I want God to have his hand upon my life and my family's life. But you know what? There's a cry that needs to call out. And you know what? There's deliverance, but you know what? There's also praise. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.